Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today I'd like to talk about seasoning your horses for barrel racing. It all begins at home. Once you feel confident at home, your horse has got really solid basics, they're doing the pattern really nice, that's a really good time to start taking them to practice nights. Even if you're just um, maybe solid basics and then just trotting the barrels, practice nights is a great place to start because there's low pressure, there's not a lot of horse trailers around, uh, it gets you a chance to let your horses see the sights and sounds with no pressure of exhibition or competition. It just allows them to be there. And then if they are calm and relaxed, maybe you'll walk or trot the barrels a couple of times. Just again, to let them see that barrels grow in other arenas besides home. It's also a good time to start a routine. If you start showing your horses at home that you're gonna walk in the pasture for 10 minutes and just bond and warm up, and then you're gonna do some dry work of face flexing and leg laterals and stopping, backing, rollbacks, and then maybe you're gonna do a drill or two um, and get them focused on whatever weaknesses you might need to work on or, or if you're trying to develop some more strengths in your horse. And then you finish off with doing some slow barrels and then you cool them down for another five or 10 minutes, just a relaxed walk again. You, you start a consistent routine and horses are definitely repetition animals. They learn through consistent repetition and that's why practicing perfect is really important and also having a consistent routine. So you can mix up the routine. You can go on trail rides and add new things, but just having a normal warm up. Um, you know, more learning in the middle and then a cool down starts to flow when you start to haul them. So once they get really good at practice nights and let's say they are loping the barrels really nice at home and they're pretty calm and relaxed at practice nights, that would be a good time to start hauling to small jackpots and buy a couple exhibition tickets. Um, you know, two to four tickets, depending on the horse. Make sure you give them a really good warm up beforehand because you don't want a horse that's so fresh that you'll waste your exhibition money. So have them warmed up enough to be relaxed and focused on you. And then standing in the exhibition line is a good time to teach patience and let them just take in the sights and the sounds as well as teach manners amongst other horses and always be careful and give yourself plenty of space in front of you and behind you. You wouldn't want um, to have a bad experience of them getting kicked or kicking someone just because their nerves are up. And then do your exhibition. The first one's slower, maybe trotting to the barrel, slowing to a walk or stop. And then maybe your middle one, you could do a lope. And if you got four tickets, you could do another lope, but always do your final one slow. So a walk or a trot walk and always end on a calm, quiet note. And you can even come back and if you can't get in the alleyway, you can get off and loosen your cinch next to the alleyway after you've done a little bit of a calming cool down on them as well. So that's an excellent way to start doing exhibitions. You may want to get to covered arenas for riding them around because that's so much louder and scarier than just your open arenas. Um, that would be the next step. Maybe once they're calm and cool about covered arenas and practice nights or just riding them around during an event, then you might buy exhibition tickets. But again, warm up good, have already exposed them to that kind of atmosphere. See if they're calm and happy. And again, your goal is to develop a horse that has heart and try and loves their job. So you're trying to be calm and confident 
through every step and not pushing them or pressuring them faster than they are mentally or physically ready. So after you've done that, then it's time to maybe start entering some small jackpots. The 4D jackpots are great because that's where beginners can be winners and you can get some money back from your entry fees. You can also go for year in buckles and saddles in the 4D and then make it a goal to move up every year into the next division. Um, after you get consistent, maybe you spend a year um, chasing a buckle series or a year in championship with a, a district association near you, then you might decide that you want to give open rodeo or super show a try. There's a lot of, um, you know, of seasoning that goes with both of those. Let's talk about super shows first. If um, you have to remember, um, it is important to to ride with tougher competition. So if you've been doing local jackpots, um, expect to lose a half a second to a second when you go to super shows just because there's more riders and there's usually tougher riders and horses because of the added money, etc. So that's something um, you should always be thinking about in the sense that, you know, don't be hard on yourself if, you know, you are slower amongst higher competition or more competition. And also realize that you're only as good as your competition. So it is good to be the small fish in a big pond sometimes. But in the beginning, your first year, you might want to be the big fish in a small pond because it'll build your confidence and your horses and build you two up as a team and have trust in each other. If you put yourself in events that just break your confidence down or it's too much too soon, that can also have negative effects on you and your horse as a team and you won't be as confident or as positive as a team. So you don't need to throw yourself to the wolves your first year out. You can take your time and just put them in smaller jackpots until you feel ready. So I definitely believe you're only as good as your competition, but you also have to weigh out what is best for you and your horse, what's easiest on your pocketbook, and also think of giving your horse a couple of years to get going. If you want a horse that can last many, many years and you don't want any hot spots or to overpressure them, again, developing a horse with heart and always keeping ride with heart as your main focus. So. Okay, let's go back to the super shows. Um, if you are going to a super show, it may be a good idea to try just one day at first and see how your horse handles it. Again, arrive early, maybe warm up good, exhibition, then just tie out to a trailer and then just go in there being calm and relaxed and just focus on having a smooth, pretty run. And go home and it's low pressure. Now, if you do to stay, decide to stay and get hookups and stalls, um, remember, if you're taking one horse, um, it might be good to have a friend that you stall across from so that they see that horse and know that horse if they're less independent. Or uh, sometimes when you just take one horse, they're already going to be independent because they know they came alone. So you may choose to keep it that way. Um, you may need to do some things to help keep them calm. I'll, I'll bring dynamite uh, products like Relax or Tranquil, which is an oral flower essence that I can just put in their mouth and help keep them calm. I'll also give them Miracle Clay in a thicker paste to coat their stomach to keep all the acids away that could cause ulcers and pain to their belly and GI. 
So that's something. Dynapro is also a good prebiotic to support the immune system. I may also bring Dynaspark because it's a natural electrolyte and if they're stressed and nervous or sweating extra, that also give them a little extra magnesium and any electrolytes they may lose through stress and sweat. So those are all things I consider for extra care and conditioning in my horse. I'll bring my little massage machine. I might bring my magnetic blankets, um, BOT wraps, um, anything that might give your horse a little extra comfort. If your stalls are cement, make sure you get mats and extra shavings. You may even want to get some iCloud Um, I think that's what they're called, boots, and put boots on your horse to keep them comfortable because being on cement is really hard on horses. Being stalled is really hard on horses that aren't used to being stalled. So you're adding stress. You could also add um, inflammation. So you'll want to get them out and walk them, maybe hand graze them or keep them tied to the trailer like they're at a day show where it feels more natural than being in a barn with a lot of screaming horses and commotion and people going by all the time. So get them tied to your trailer somewhere calm and quiet, just like at a jackpot can help. Um, So those are things to consider when you are seasoning for super shows. The other thing is um, just trying to be consistent. Sometimes we pressure ourselves to be faster every round. Um, but instead, I would I would I would caution to look at your videos and your photos and talk to your coach and maybe just say, okay, that was good, so I'm just going to go for that again. Or okay, I overshot first, so I'm going to try to sit and check a little earlier. Or I caught second, so I'm going to try to look and sit up and ride a little deeper this time. So there's some small changes you could make to improve your run, but try not to go in there thinking whip and spur one second faster, but be. Um, thoughtful in where you want to improve and just say, okay, I'm going to, you know, sit and use my voice more. Or I'm going to um, get up and ride a little bit deeper and drive with my legs more, or I'm going to ride two hands straighter longer, but have a plan and always again, do a good warm up, do a good cool down and always be thinking longevity of your horse and building a solid horse, not one with hot spots. So, um, try, start to figure out if they do better, um, only being in the holding pin one drag out or possibly being up there two drags out to settle more. Start to see what works best for your horse. Are they better to stand quietly or face flex or walk small circles? Uh, You don't want to get dependent on having another horse for them. You don't want to get dependent on having someone lead you in. You really want to build that relationship where you're a team and you're building your team at all times for the long haul. I know some horses are more nervous than others, but that's where the seasoning comes in. And hopefully through time and training, you can improve on that just through their way of learning, which is consistency and uh, repetition, building confidence. So once you start um, going to those super shows, you can decide if you'd rather haul back and forth, if that works better for you or spending the night. Um, which way is easier on your horse and what works better for you as a unit. Um, Everybody has their own preferences. Some people just want to make the run and get out of there. Other ones like the camp out and the commodity of friends and cooking and hanging out and watching the, um, you know, whole event with 300 or 400 or more riders. Um, Everybody has their own way of wanting to do things. So whatever works for you. Also, if you're 
you know, thinking you may sell the horse. So you down the road, you may want to do the overnight thing just so you know how they handle that. And that's part of the seasoning as well. So um, that kind of talks about the super shows. Now, remember, a super shows, because it's three runs and your horse is used to maybe one run, you may have to do some extra care. You may have to go get MagnaWave or um, stretching or massages or uh, poulticine or cold hosing. You may have to do extras. Um, you may have to give your horse some Arnica or turmeric and uh, those kind of things that take longer to get in their system. Start it a week or two beforehand. Keep it going while you're there and after. Um, so talk to your vet, you know, it may, they may have something that will help your horse for a three day weekend if they're, um, going to get sore or stocked up. So, um, there's extra things you can do for those situations that you may not need to do if you're just going to a two hour jackpot. So, um, super shows definitely require more thought and care for your horse to keep them mentally and physically feeling good. Um, so now we're going to talk about open rodeos. If you go to an open rodeo, you may want to request slack first and park far away from the arena. The reason I suggest that is because um, you're not going to put your horse right next to the bulls and the side axe that way and the roper swinging ropes. You can put them far away and let them hear it and see it or the announcer really loud with music and the crowd cheering. Um, parking farther away they can see it but it's not in their face as much also by putting yourself in slack you don't have to run um, when things are a little bit more intense and loud from the music and the announcer and the crowd as well as there may not be bulls in the chutes or um, you know ropers roping warming up when you're warming up it just whatever can keep it a little bit more calm and feel more like a jackpot to your horse is better in the beginning and then you'll figure out, does my horse like performance? Do they feed off of the crowd? Um, I have a horse that actually loved um, the crowd if it was a open rodeo that was wide open. But if it was a really intense pro rodeo where it was small arena, extremely loud and echoing covered and the crowd was on the barrels on the fence, that wasn't as good for her. So you start to figure out what your horse likes or doesn't like, even from a more outdoor performance versus an indoor performance or or smaller pin versus a bigger pin so those are all things you want to start logging in your record keeper and know okay i might not run my main horse at this event but i'll run my backup horse and you know just kind of start noting what kind of ground they like what kind of atmosphere they like what size patterns they excel in and this is all part of seasoning knowing where your horse excels so if you find that there's an arena or a type that they don't like, I wouldn't run there unless you just want to work through it or donate. But, um, you know, why not give them the best advantage to do well and set them up for a win than for a loss? Um, obviously, if you're seasoning and you want to see if you can master that standard pattern versus the 14 second pattern on your little horse, that doesn't quite have the quick speed of some of the other horses that you compete against or doesn't have the big long stride. You know, that's totally your call, but there'll become a time where you may go, okay, this setup's better for my horse than that setup. And why waste runs if she's just not going to do or he's not going to do well in that environment. So um, those are all things to consider. And again, that's a personal choice. You know, I always picked pins that my horses would excel in. Obviously, you have to try pins first to even know. And it is really good to get her out. I mean, this goes back to the 
big fish, small pond. If you do well at just one arena all the time, but then fall apart when you go anywhere else, you obviously need to get to be um, seasoned in other arenas. So you're going to need to be a small fish in a big pond for a while as you uh, start taking your horses places and seeing what they like and don't like and maybe getting... There's some arenas that are so tricky that you're going to need to get two or three runs in that arena before you really master it. You know, kind of like a home pen where you're like, okay, I know the setup. I know what my horse is thinking, how they're going to react and um, kind of go that route. So let's see here. So before I would consider pro rodeo, I would be sure I was clocking 1D, 2D at my jackpots, and I'd be sure I was clocking and able to place at open rodeos. And that's only because my pockets aren't really deep and I don't wanna just donate every time because buying a permit is quite expensive. Um, rodeo, pro rodeo entry fees are quite expensive. They're usually a lot of gas and fuel and time getting there. And again, I would start with slack. Most of the time, unless you're buddying with someone with a card, you're only gonna get slack unless you get lucky and get a perf that other people didn't want because they're running at several rodeos that weekend and there's just some openings and a Friday night perf versus Saturday perf. So, and that's a whole process too, learning how to enter, um, calling ProCom and giving your first choice, your second choice and hoping you drop the way you want. Um, but again, Slack is a good place to start because it's quieter, it's calmer um, until you know what your horse likes. If they feed off crowd and all of that, then Perf would be your friend and you'd want to see if you can start getting that or buddying with someone who can get you in um, to a Perf, a card holder. So um, again, some rules have changed. I haven't done it in a while, so I don't even know if that's still possible, but those are all things to look at. And I would also start in um, South uh, your, your circuit. So for me, it's a Southeastern circuit in Florida. Um, and then if you do well and try to qualify maybe for divisional tour um, finals or for the circuit finals, and then you can look at going more out West and or all over the United States and trying to qualify for bigger rodeos that then try to qualify you for the NFR. And at that point in time, you're going to need to maybe find someone who knows how to enter and, um, you know, for you the first year while you're seasoning for pro rodeos, that's a whole nother process. Um, there's some horses that are naturals and they excel at super show and pro rodeo like Sarah and Bling did. It's not always something you see, not always do rodeo horses excel in super show or vice versa because of the different conditions and adversity in the pro rodeo and the nice ground and super rodeo. I mean, <laughs> super shows, um, three day events and, um, or two day events. And, um, those are things to consider. Um, if you have a futurity horse, that's a whole nother ball of wax. Um, personally, I did the five-year-old futurities with mine cause I did their basics at three pattern and hauling at four and enter at five. But a lot of people are doing basics at two pattern at three entering at four. And, um, some of them even November and December of their three-year-old year now. Um, it's so, it's gotten kind of crazy in my opinion that seems really young um, on their joints while they're still growing but again that's a personal opinion so pick and choose you know which fraternity you're going to go with and work with your vet and see if that horse is going to be able to do that physically you know x-rays etc um, ethically those are things you need to look at in your training program if you're making a horse for the long haul 
um, not one that you're just gonna, you know, win at all costs, but put the horse first. Um, again, the, the big money is in the four-year-old fraternities versus the five, so you don't really have an option if that's a goal of yours. But again, working with a vet and doing it with the horse uh, as first priority. If your horse seems immature, uh, emotionally or physically, let them hold back um, a year and only go to five-year-old fraternities or just go and let them be a rodeo horse or jackpot horse. You know, not every horse is going to be a jam-up fraternity horse, so why blow up a 3D fraternity horse um, if they can't, you know, handle the 1D, 2D? I've seen it. It's sad. And, um, you know, these horses that could have been nice if they were just given one more year, but instead they were pushed and they developed really bad habits and they ended up being a 2D horse with extremely bad habits and they could have been a 1D awesome horse if they'd just given it another year or two. So again, those are all things ethically as a horse person, as a horse lover first. Um, I really think you need to put the horse in front of the competition, but that's what Ride With Heart is based upon. So I may not be the popular choice out there, but it's the choice that allows me to lay my head on my pillow at night and sleep well. So, um, what else? The, uh, you know, so that's basically where you're at. Um, you want to challenge yourself, of course, but you always want to be making a solid horse and doing this over a process. Um, seasoning is a process. You're looking at two to four years of uh, training a horse. You know, a lot of people want to send them off to the trainer and let the trainer do the hard work. Um, but I can tell you this, when you get it back from the trainer, he or she, you still need to learn to ride that horse. You still need to summon your mental game. You still need a coach to help you ride that horse as best as you can. Um, it doesn't really matter if Joe trainer can do it if you can't. So, can they make them a little bit more solid for you? Yes. Can they bring them along faster because they know more? Yes. But you still have to be the one who keeps it up and keeps it going when they do come back. So, um, so there is no magic pill for being a team with your horse other than believing in yourself, believing in your horse, doing the work, practicing a little bit every single day in some way, whether it's just a, con a connecting bonding trail ride or dry work or drills or pattern or hauling or just going and competing and getting your timing and your feel with speed down and solid in different arenas and conditions. Those are all things that are so important when it comes to seasoning a barrel horse and, um, I can't stress that enough that this is a journey and you have to learn to love the journey, love the process. And remember, win or lose, it is all part of learning. Okay, you're learning when you're winning, you're learning when you're losing, and you just have to learn to um, enjoy the journey, enjoy the training, enjoy the seasoning, and keep a positive attitude. Um, success, I saw a cute little thing the other day on um, Facebook, one of those posts, and it was a, it said success. S was for seeing your goal. U was for understanding obstacles. And C was for creating a winning and positive mental picture. C was for clearing your mind of self-doubt. E was for embracing challenge. 
S was for staying on track. And the other S, the final S, was to show yourself and the world that you can do it. And to me, it's more important to show yourself than the world. But but again, I just thought that was a really cute way of thinking of success, seeing your goal, understanding your obstacles, having a positive or creating, sorry, creating a positive mental picture, clearing your mind of self-doubt, embracing your challenge, staying on track and showing yourself that you can do it. So thank you for tuning into my podcast. As always, ride with heart and God bless.